Mark 7, verse 13. I just want Tamara to put it up to show you this has been our foundational scripture for the teaching that we've been doing. And I want you to repeat this, trapped by your traditions. Amen. Trapped by your traditions. And we get this theme, of course, by way of Holy Spirit, but it's found in Mark. Uh, and we studied verses 1 through 13 from which we get our text for this. And we have covered a great deal or a significant amount of information regarding the traditions of man. Now, it's very important, again, that we understand what I mean by trapped by your traditions. And one of the things I mean by that or what Holy Spirit wants to convey, we're talking about believers who are unable, listen to this now, who are unable to experience their freedom in Christ because of man-made rules and traditions. And again, as I mentioned earlier, the house of God, and we know that we are the ecclesia or, or the called out ones, and we know that we are the body of Christ. I'm talking about the building now, the structure where we come to worship corporately, should be a place where you come and become liberated if you're bound. The house of God should not be a place that promulgates, if you will, or promotes bondage. But unfortunately, many of us, when I say many people in the body of Christ, have been subjugated because of a flawed misrepresentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, being that it has not been taught in a lot of instances uh, with clarity or in its fullness. So therefore, a gospel, which is called the good news, that should bring about freedom, people has used to subjugate people. Man inserting his own doctrines, as we've seen in our text. And I don't want to read it because I don't want to get stuck there, but this is where we get it, okay? Now, uh, and see, here's the thing. We got to get to the place where we live in the grace of Jesus. See, hold on, see, 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 see. I feel that religious stronghold trying to rise already because we're still trying to keep a people bound. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. <laughs> you are supposed to be free, those of you who are sons and daughters of the living God. Okay? But legalistic religions are extraordinarily harmful. This is true to mental health. A lot of people have been damaged psychologically because of church. I'm not even going to get to what I want to get to today. A lot of people have been in bondage, have experienced, men of God, mental turmoil, psychological issues because of church. Something some man or woman misinterpreted and kept them in bondage. And again, most of us, we have been preached this gospel uh, uh, with this mixture of law and grace. Again, and I have to explain it again. We were not born under the old covenant rules and regulations. We were not even born under that covenant. That covenant was not for you and I. Now, it's a schoolmaster. There are things that we keep and we learn from that, but we were not under the law of Moses. Well, how do you say that? Because I know how to read, and the Bible tells me so. But, but legalism, beloved, has caused a lot of people to, be, to, to have mental issues. That's why when a person is severely damaged by God and they leave a church, they never go back. Now, what I mean by religion is man trying to work his way to God through self-effort or man trying to appease God by what he does. You can never do it. 
don't care how upright you walk all the time. You can never do that, but you can never please God through your own means. It's impossible. You can't do it. The only one who did was Christ. That's why we have to rest in his work, not ours. So legalism, and see, this is going somewhere because this is what we've been talking about. Legalism is a strict or literal or excessive conformity, watch this now, to the law or to a religious or moral code. It's, notice, we're talking about men who have imprisoned people by their indoctrination. Just like the Pharisees was doing, inserting things, man, of God, above the word of God or that's not written, and tried to get men to stick to it. And they laid a heavy burden on people. And as a matter of fact, they were so religious that they would not even do what they were telling others to do. <laughs> Just like most people who preach bondage to you, they do not live by the same rule. That's why if you were to follow some of them home or follow them some of them around, you would find out that they too are falling up short in a lot of areas. That's why I've never gotten before you in that like I was perfect. I done had a lot of mistakes. May make some more, not intentionally trying to, but, but no, no, no. That's why I let you know up front before we get out in the street. Why? Because I'm being perfected and matured day by day, just like you. But those who are bound by legalism, watch this. They try to, they attempt to place their good works, and this is what you're doing when you try to live, uh, try to justify yourself before God based upon what you do. You attempt to place your good works above the grace that has been provided by God. So you're trying to, matter of fact, usurp what you do over the work of Jesus. Are you with me? Now, well, why is this important? Because when you live by a code other than the word or by a rule other than, than the word, we've seen in our text that you make the word of God of no effect. In other words, the authority or the potency of the word is not effective in that person's life, although they may be saved, but nothing is manifesting because they're relying on another source other than the Father. Therefore, the word doesn't work for you. Why? Because I'm not trusting in him. Are you with me? Making the word of no effect through your traditions. Okay? So legalism, it denies God's grace and presumes to earn his favor through deeds. So, again, when you're trying to establish your own righteousness, and we're going to say this, we should walk with walk upright. We should walk accordingly. But it, doing those things are insufficient to justify you before God. What Jesus did is what justified us before God. Yes. Are you here? So legalism denies God's grace and presumes to earn his favor through our deeds. Uh, and people, and I have to get to that when we get on faith, but people always want to go to James. James said, faith without works is dead. What James was talking about when he says faith without works is dead, he was letting the believers know that if you are a believer in Christ, then people will know by your good deeds, by your good works, not works to be righteous. He said it should be evident that if you're a believer, we know by your actions, by your good deeds. And without good deeds, that's what he meant by faith without works is dead. So if I'm really a believer, I know how by your deeds by your good works in the sense of what you do, not trying to work to be right. And we've seen throughout this teaching that no man is justified by the works of the law. So we know James didn't mean that. Are you here? So, so uh, but legalism is a man-made righteousness, watch this, that exalts humanity rather than the Lord. Why are you saying this? Because I'm trying to get you to a place, beloved, where you rest in Jesus. Are you here? Let me show you something. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, Amplified Version. 
And, and people, people try to water down grace. We can't water it down. To water down grace is to water down Jesus. Because we're going to see he is full of grace and truth. He is the embodiment, embodiment of grace. So when you see Jesus, you see grace. Are you here? So when you're talking about grace, you're talking about Jesus, the love of God. Are you here? For it is by grace, God's remarkable, remarkable compassion and favor, drawing you to who? Christ, that you have been saved. So you've been saved by grace, of course, through faith. So, and I'm, I want to show you this. It's not based upon what you do, your righteousness, that is. For it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ, that you have been saved, watch this, actually delivered from judgment and given what? Eternal life, how? Through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God. Verse 9, not as a result of, here it go again, your works, nor your attempts to keep the law. Again, we were not under the law, okay? But that doesn't keep men from trying to impose certain things under the law on us today. And we know they have. Why? Dress a certain way. Worship a certain day. Do this a certain day. Do that. Are you here? And they bound you by it. Remember the Sabbath. Again, Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. It wasn't so much about the day, again, as what was supposed to take place on the Sabbath. And on the Sabbath, there was to be no work at all. It wasn't the day. It was what's supposed to take place. Every day is holy, what the Word of God tells us. And, and beyond that, Christ is our Sabbath. He's Lord of the Sabbath. Okay? So, so, and I'm saying so because now, if, if you want to worship on Saturday, that's fine. It, 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 there's also uh, on the Jewish holiday, the first day of the week is Sunday. There's those who worship on Sunday, and, and I've said it and, and keep saying it. If you worship on Saturday, don't condemn the man who worship on Sunday. If you worship on Sunday, don't condemn the man who wor worship on Saturday. If you worship on Monday, Tuesday, don't condemn the man whatever day because every day is holy unto the Lord. Are you here? So, so not as a result of your works, nor attempt to keep the law, so that no one would be able to what? Boast or take credit in any way for salvation. So, see, what I'm about to show you now, when you are bound by legalism, it produces pride or depression. But see, notice it says where no one can boast. See, if it's based upon what I do now, I'm becoming arrogant and prideful, like all these blessings because I didn't miss a beat this week. Again, the blessings aren't procured because you didn't miss a beat. The blessings are handed down because you live in agreement with the Father. No, hold on. And, and you understand, even if I miss it, as long as I'm staying in agreement, then the blessings still have to flow. Because they're not blessed. Watch this now. Again, the blessings are not contingent on how good you are. But we've been taught, if you're not good, the Lord's not going to bless you. That's not what the Word says. See, again, if that's the case, it's conditional now. See, now you're trying to put me under something that I wasn't even born up under, a custom. So if I got to be good in order to get, then what purpose did Jesus serve? God is not good to us because we're good. He's good to us because he's good. <laughs> look, 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 look. God is not good to you because you've been good to him. He's good to you whether you're being good to him or not. He is good. And when you realize that he is good, I, and, and I'm going to show you, grace actually makes you eager to do the right thing. That's Bible. Y'all miss what I just said. Grace actually makes you eager to do the right thing. What do you say? His enabling power. Oh. Ah, you hear. 
But legalism, and that's why you see people who are religious trying to make themselves right before God by what they do. They, they, they big on announcing how much they prayed this week, how long they prayed, how many days they went without eating. Now, Lord, God bless all that fast and all that, if Holy Spirit leads you to it. But, but, but listen, your righteousness is not based upon how good you are able to fast or how long you fast. Because I know people, and I've seen people who fast, but they still have a dirty disposition. they still unloving, unforgiving, real offensive, but they fasted. So it's not based upon your ability to fast and how long you go without food. You hear? But legalism, beloved, watch this now. It produces either pride or depression in the people who's up under that spell. It produces pride for those who try to, to keep the things listed in order, you know, for their own satisfaction. Like, you know, I did this, I did that. And then I did, see, see, that's prideful. Are you with me? And it produces depression for those who recognize their inability to keep the law perfectly or these list of things perfectly. See, so, so when you're trying to do it through your own effort, you're either going to be pr very prideful or someone who's very depressed. And, I, and I'm telling you, religion, again, has produced de de depression. A lot of people have been oppressed based upon what has been taught. Are you here? Let me show you something. Galatians 5. D d see, here's the thing. When you try, to, and I'm still reviewing, when you try to justify yourself through what you do, you actually move yourself outside of God's grace. You missed what I just said. When you try to establish your righteousness by what you do, you, rem you remove yourself from his grace. Let me show you Galatians 5, 4. You ready? You see, Galatians 5, 4, Amplified. You have been, what, severed from Christ if you seek to be justified, that is, declared free of guilt, declared free of the guilt of sin and its penalty and placed in right standing with God through what? The law. Again, those of Galatia, uh, there were those who were strict uh, Judaizers who were telling the people, these individuals who were new believers in the faith, that they must, because you, one, you had those who were strict Judaizers. Still, there were new converts trying to enjoy their li liberty in Christ, but at the same time, they were still holding people by the law of Moses. So these new converts, these Gentiles, they, they were shocked. They, I, wait a minute, you guys, how can you guys be saved and you're not keeping the same standard that we had to keep? So they, they were trying to bound them by a law that they were never under. Are you here? So notice, that's why Paul was telling them, stand free in the liberty whereby, stand firm in the liberty whereby Christ has set you free. Do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Are you here? So notice it says, you have been served from Christ if you seek to be justified. That is declared free of the guilt of sin and its penalty and placed in right standing with God through the law. You have what? Fallen from grace. For you have lost your grasp on God's unmerited favor and blessing. Do you see this? So we, again, when you try to establish your righteousness based upon what you do, you, you, you're putting a heavy burden on yourself. You're going to either become very prideful or very depressed. Do you get this? That's why a lot of people feel in bondage when they don't measure up. See, you're trying to do something that you do not have the power to do. Are you with me? Uh, and, and this part, and we've seen this last week, and, and again, to prove, and I explain again what aspect we should continue to do under the law, but Christ is the end of the law, okay? And we've seen this in Matthew, put the reference up, Matthew 5, 17 and 18, 
Now, when the Bible speaks of the law, and of course we went over this, it refers to the detailed standard that God gave Moses, beginning, of course, in Exodus chapter 20. And the law explained God's requirements for a holy people within the ceremonial laws. We've seen that, the civil laws, the moral laws, and, and, and what most people, and we've seen in Colossians, you know, we shouldn't let people judge us concerning new moon, Sabbaths, uh, what you eat, what you drink. Okay, all those things were a shadow until the substance or the reality came, which was who? Christ, who remembers seeing this, not me just saying it in Colossians. Okay, now, so when you talk about the moral law, that dealt with the not stealing, not killing, uh, not committing adultery, not bearing false witness against your neighbor. So it dealt with that aspect. Now, should we do those things? We should steal? No. Okay. Yes, I heard. Yeah, somebody said, yeah, no, no, no. Should we be out here committing adultery? No. Now, don't do those things, but not doing those things are insufficient to make us right before God. That's what he's saying. Now, we still keep the moral aspect of the law, but not doing those things are insufficient to justify us before God. Don't do them, okay? So, so, and I I said that to say that because, again, we were never bound as new creations in Christ to keep these requirements as a means of justification before God. Why? Because Christ is the fulfillment of the law. Are you with me? And again, the law was not given to justify people. It, it only produced the knowledge of sin. It didn't have the power to save. It just let us know that you need a Savior. <laughs> it didn't have the power to save. And, and let me say this. Doing perfectly what God's moral law requires is impossible. It's impossible. And again, there were more than what we call Ten Commandments. There were 613, some say 19, some 19 plus laws that they had to keep within the civil moral ceremony. Now, watch this. Understand this. You hear people arguing about the 10. If I can't keep 10, keeping, let's not, let's not even say 600. Let's say 11 would be hard for a lot of people. Get one good. Are you here? No one but Christ ever kept or could keep God's law perfectly. He was the only one. Are you with me? So, again, as new creations in Christ, we were not born under the old covenant system. And a lot of people have been in bondage to that today. Are you here? Let me show you this. Then we'll look at uh, Matthew 5, Romans 6, 14. Again, the grace of God makes us eager to do what is good. If I don't show you anything else, I'm going to show you that verse before we close. Because I know based upon the time, I won't get to it, but I will show it to you. Are you with me? For sin, do you see this? Shall not have dominion over you. He's talking to new creation believe new creations in Christ. For you are not under the law, the ceremonial law, civil laws, the moral laws. Now, do we still again I have to keep saying it because people will jump in mid part of this message and try to give a rebuttal. And, and I have to say, sir, ma'am, listen to the entire message. Oh, my bad. Are you here? For sin should not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under. What are we under? What are we under? See, that's what we're under. God's unmerited favor. God's undeserved favor. 
that which you cannot merit on your own. So no, be good, but even when you're not good, his grace. <laughs> Are you here? Who's getting this? But, but listen, this is so vitally important, man of God, to how, again, how we view God. But see, I can't live in agreement with God if I do not see his word in light of what's being revealed, rightly divided. So, again, if I think God is punishing me because I missed the mark, then you're not looking at him in light of his grace and his goodness. I'm not God, so I don't know why certain things happen to certain people. I do know if we make bad decisions, you're more than likely going to get bad consequences. Are you here? And even doing dumb stuff, his grace is sufficient. And you don't get what you should have got. But as new creation in Christ, the Bible calls it falling short. So there may be times where you fall short. This, this, I'm making a point. Just because you fall short. See, we have been told that God did that to you. God is good. Again, if he has to hurt me, now you're making this conditional again. I got to be good in order for him to be good to me. That is not the God that we serve. So, so don't feel like if you fall short, Something bad's going to happen. See, we even seen in Galatians, you see, you put, when, you, when you live like that, you put yourself under a curse. Uh, uh, up under the curse that, was a, that they were under, under the law. And again, the curse of the law were the penalties that were imposed on people for not keeping the law. So things uh, that, that we see outlined throughout Deuteronomy and other Old Testament scriptures that were happening upon the people as a result of them not... Uh, keeping the, uh, what was written or the standard that God gave Moses, then this will happen to you if you don't. See, you put yourself under that if you refuse to walk in the reality of what Jesus did. And I'm saying that to say, I don't know why the roof caved in, but it wasn't because you missed church Sunday. It wasn't because, you know, you and boss got into it. And, and, and see, imagine how, what kind of picture that's painting of this God that we say has got of love, but every time you miss it, oh, he had to break you down. That's a lie. And, and one, he's not inflicting sickness on you because Jesus took it away. I don't know why some people get sick. But I do know by his stripes, we are healed. So, so, so he's not going to inflict sickness on you because he's already healed you. But you have people who might, body might be afflicted for whatever reasons, and they, and they accept it because they think this is God's. See, now you're trying to be the atoning victim. You're not the atoner for your sins. Jesus was the one who... Atone for our sins. Let, let, let me show you something. Romans 8, 5. No, no, no. Romans 5, 8 through 11, Amplified. Guys, you, you have to get this. It, and, and I'm showing you the Amplified version because it's more, it, it, that's what it does. It amplifies. It's, it's more colorful. It brings clarity. Again, in some translations, you have to watch if it changed the content or the context of what God, or if it changes actually what God was trying to say or saying something other than what he said. But when you amplify something, that's not changing. That's illuminating what he said. Okay? But God, 
clearly shows and proves his own love for us. See, let, let me tell you something. <laughs> and we, we, we got to love God. We love God. But our love, man, is, is a diddly squat in comparison to him loving us. <laughs> and we're trying to love. I mean, love. But it, and it's really hard to do that if you don't understand his love for you. See, if I really don't understand his love for me, see, you're going to forever be trying to reach a standard that you are unable to reach. But God clearly shows and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we, hold on, first of all, when you were still Before Christ, when we were living contrary to, he died for us. Therefore, since we have now, talking about the believer, being justified, declared free of the guilt. Why do you feel guilty when you, well, There should be some conviction because Holy Spirit will convict you. But there should not guilt cond condemned. There should be no condemnation. Why? Because His grace makes me eager to keep get up, keep running, and doing the right thing. Are you here? See, you've been declared free of the guilt of sin. How? Not by what you did, by not your blood. So he doesn't need my blood to justify me. I'm not the sacrificial lamb. He don't have to hurt me, almost kill me to get my, that is not the God we serve. God doesn't have to almost kill you to get your attention. His goodness gets your attention. Why? Because it is the goodness of God that leads man to repentance. You have to get this. See, you can't walk in this new creation faith having the wrong perception of God. Because you're not going to be in a group. You're going to forever try to measure up. His blood. Who sees this? His blood. How much more certain is that? See, here it go. Now, look, I don't need to be safe from wrath in that day. For what? In that day? My Bible tells me when we receive Jesus, he now has eternal life. Not then. Now! So at the moment you receive Christ, now your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Not then. You have eternal life now. That's why y'all better stop condemning little, 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 little Rico them who out here in these streets who, who God forbid, something tragic happened. Yeah, but what you forgot, at 17, Rico gave his life to Christ. Now, he might have still been maturing in some areas, but you better watch who you condemn to hell who've accepted Christ. See, again, we keep looking at actions, trying to justify and measure up by what you do. You haven't been all that perfect. So we got to watch that. That's why, so you know, some people that get, yeah, Lord, but Lord Earl accepted Jesus early in his life. Oh, thank you, Lord. See, it's still some of y'all, it's hard for y'all to believe that. But you better believe the word that when you receive him, you have eternal life. Then, not down yonder. That doesn't give little Earl an excuse not to live accordingly. Probably, if he was somewhere where bondage was being preached, he had no idea. He didn't know. 
And, and let me tell you something. And, and if you are being forced to do something, you're going to forever rebel. You'll get tired after. See, because you get tired after doing it. See, because you're trying to live in an environment that was not created for you to live in. So you'll act good for a while. Then all of a sudden, I don't know why the shark acted crazy. Because you have put him in an environment that he is not supposed to be in. I don't know why the tiger jumped on him. Because you have him locked up in an in a apartment that is not his environment. So after a while, he got tired of just roaming around, looking at you, sitting on your lap, and just got real hungry one day. <laughs> Are you here? Therefore, since we have now been what? Justified, declared, free of good of sin. How much more certain shall we, what? We're saved from the wrath of God. Look at verse 10 and 11. Look at this. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through what? The death of his son. Look, it is much more certain, 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 having been reconciled to God, that we what? We'll be saved. Watch this. From the consequences of sin. So what some of us should have got because of his grace. I'm not saying that there are no consequences behind what you do. I'm saying what we should get or should have got. You best be thanking the Lord. Lord, thank you. I, ooh, thank grace. Watch that. By, uh, that we will be saved from the consequences of sin. And see, Christ took care of the sin debt. That's why we don't get what we should have got. Are you here? Because he became sin for us. He took what we should have got. Not only that, but we also rejoice. See? Rejoice in his love and perfection through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have what? Received and enjoyed our reconciliation. Do you see that? So there should be no feelings of something bad is going to happen to me if you fall short. I'm not telling you get up and purposefully fall short. But if you fall short, there's a grace there. See, again, see, we can, you can be taught the wrong thing for so long that when the truth comes... It's hard to receive it. Why? Because the traditions of man have made the word of God to be of no effect. Being that people rather believe a lie rather than the truth. And that's what religion has done. It, it, has, it has believers believing a lie rather than the truth. And when they hear truth, oh, that's heresy. Or that, and you're giving them scripture. Rightly divided. So let's get to an ending place. We've seen that Jesus, this is what we left off last week, that Jesus fulfilled the law. We've seen this in Matthew 5, 17, 18. Let me read it. Verse 17. Do not think that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to do what? Fulfill. For What did he come to do? Fulfill. So when people try to hold us to a covenant that we were not born under, that is incorrect. Verse 18, for surely I say to you, to heaven and earth pass away, uh, one jot or one tittle will by no means, what, pass from the law until all, till all is fulfilled. And as I shared last week, fulfill, it speaks, this speaks of the fulfillment in the same sense of the prophecies that were fulfilled concerning Jesus. Jesus was indicating that he is the fulfillment of the law in all aspects. And write these verses down. He fulfilled the moral law by keeping it perfectly. That's 1 Peter 2.22. He fulfilled the ceremonial law by being the embodiment of everything that the law's types and symbols pointed to. 
that's found in Colossians 2, 16, 17. And he fulfilled the judicial law by personifying God's perfect justice. We've seen that in Matthew 12, 18 and 20. Now, we said verse 18, there was something very important that we needed to take, to, take note of. In verse 18, it says, uh, look at verse 18. For surely I say to you, to heaven and earth pass away, one jot, one tittle by no means, uh, by, will by no means pass from the law until all is fulfilled. Now, it's important to notice, listen to this now, that Jesus did not say that the law would never pass away. He said it wouldn't pass away until all was fulfilled. Was it fulfilled? Yeah, you aren't sure? Was it fulfilled? Thank you, Brother Jamie. How do we know it was fulfilled? Because I said it? For one, he's telling us here, okay? <laughs> because he said it. This is what he's saying. Christ did not notice. He, didn't, he did not wave the law aside. Rather, he met the full demand. Notice he was born under law. We've seen that last week. He met the full demands of the law by fulfilling its strict, its strict requirements in his life and his death. Now, I want to show you, let's look at Romans 10.4. Actually, let's look at verses 1 through 4. And, and here's the thing. You, you have a lot of people, and they're sincere, but you can be sincerely wrong. See, zeal is not enough. It must be combined with truth. Otherwise, you can do more harm than good. If you're not combining zeal with truth, you can do more harm than good. This is where Israel failed. Okay? They were ignorant of God's Righteousness, just like a lot of people today, they are ignorant or not knowing or lack knowledge in the area of God's righteousness. Are you with me? They were ignorant in the fact that they're not understanding that God imputes righteousness on the principle of faith and not works. So they, were, they became self-righteous. Why? Because they went about trying to establish their own righteousness by keeping the law. They were trying to win God's favor by their own efforts, by their own character, by their own good works. Do good. But that's not enough to justify you before the Father. And as a result, they steadfastly refused to submit to God's plan for reckoning righteousness. Even today, even in the face of truth, people, there are those who still uh, refuse to submit up under the grace of God, the goodness of God. Watch this. Brothers and sisters, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is what? For their salvation. For I testify about them that they have a certain enthusiasm for God, but it's not in accordance with correct and vital knowledge about his, him and his purposes. Verse 3 and 4. Do you see this? So you may have a lot of people who might be zealous in terms of, oh, you under the law of Moses. I'm, I'm not, sir. I'll keep the moral law, but in keeping those, I do understand this is not what justifies me before God because I don't steal. I'm not going to steal. But not stealing is not what justifies you because you have people who don't even have a relationship with God understand not stealing because they know the consequences behind not stealing. You have people who do not even know God, just, 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 just have Good ethics understand not committing adultery. Don't even or atheists who don't commit adultery. Are you here? Some may be. I don't know. Watch this. But my point is not doing those things that are insufficient. Don't do them, right? But in not doing them, it's insufficient to make you right before God. That's the point. For not knowing about God's what? Righteousness. How's it based? on faith and seeking to establish their own rights based on works. See, you have a lot of people trying to see that self-righteous. You're either going to be prideful or depressed when you, when you depend on self. You're either going to be very prideful or very depressed. And both are a bad place to be. They, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Watch this. Oh, here it go right here. For Christ is the end. Talking about those doing those things to be right before God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We don't have to do that. Are you here? 
for Christ is in the law, it leads to him and see its purpose. So the purpose of the law was fulfilling him. That's why we see in Galatians 3, 24 and 25, it was our tutor until faith had come. And what this new faith had come, the law was no longer needed or the schoolmaster or the tutor. Okay, or it, yeah, the tutor was no longer needed. Watch this. For Christ is in the law, it leads to him and its purpose is fulfilling him for granting righteousness to everyone who what? Believes in him as Savior. Hebrews 12 and 11. We'll close right here, but I, wanna, I still have to give you that other verse. You hear? Regular, New King James fine. Is that? Hebrews 8, 12, and 13. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Do you see this? So how can I be condemned, held guilty by something that there's no record of? You missed that. (laughs) Yeah, go home and listen to this. And their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember. See, when God sees you, for the believer, he now sees you in light of his son. Why? Because your life is hid in him. Verse 13, in that he says a, see, we're up under this new covenant. He has made the, see, he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to, that's why I said, I showed you Matthew 18. He didn't say it never would go away. He said it won't go away until all is fulfilled. And here we see that the old is obsolete. In regards to our trying to establish our righteousness by keeping those various demands on the ceremonial civil or moral laws. Are you here? Listen, this is so plain. I'm like Apostle Price. You have to get somebody to actually help you mess this up to not understand. You have to actually go to somebody and say, this is so clear. Convolute this for me. Mess it up. For, make it difficult for this. Make this difficult for me. It's so plain, it's so clear that a baby can get this. Are you here? Watch this, and I'll close right here. The fact that God introduces a new covenant means that the first is obsolete. So there should be no thought of going back to the law. Again, we were never born under the law. Are you here? So look, notice this, the author warns them and us that the legal covenant is outmoded. In other words, that word outmoded or when he, when he say it, it's obsolete, it literally means it's no longer fashionable or it's gone out of style. <laughs> that trying to justify yourself before God by what you do, that's gone out of style. You burden yourself. It's just making you that all much more, all the more prideful or depressed. Rely on Jesus, what Jesus did. Are you here? He's saying a better covet has been introduced and that we should get in step with God. That's what he said. Get in step with God. Let me see. That's why we've seen in Romans 6.14, we're not under the law, but under grace. Let me show you this. I made the statement. I said that grace, I need, I need to show it to you. Who remember what I said about grace? I said grace makes you what? Eager to do what's right. Let me show you these two verses, and we can pick up here next week. Titus 2, 11, 12. I said grace makes you what? Eager. See, when you understand the love of God, and I've been saying it, if you been in tune. This is message number eight on this subject. I've been saying in the weeks past that when you understand the goodness of God, it what? It'll cause you to want to do right. Who remember? I've been echoing this. 
And see, I'm, I want to show you a verse because I knew about two of y'all like, he, he said that, but he still hasn't shown me a verse where it make me want to do, make me want to do it. I have to see it. Well, let me show you. For the remarkable, undeserved grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, it teaches us. Do you see this? To reject ungodliness and worldliness, immoral desires. And to live, see, when you understand grace, it teaches you to live a sensible, upright, godly life. See, when you really understand this goodness, you're not out here trying to purposefully, intentionally get out here and just live like you have no relationship with him. You See, you have missed the whole point of his goodness, if that's the case. Do you see it? It teaches us to reject ungodliness and worldliness, immoral desires, and to live sensible, upright, and godly lives, lives with a purpose that reflect spiritual maturity in this present age. So when you understand the grace of God, it'll make you eager. Because, why? Because his love is so powerful and strong, unexplainable to me. Uh, listen, undeserved. You mean to tell me even when I fall short, he still loves me? Even, oh, man, I, I had a bad attitude and I need to do better. He still loves me? Yes. See, that's what agape is. It doesn't, it doesn't seek a response. Uncondi- see, unconditional means it's not based on conditions. See, he's not like us. Most of human love is conditional. Until you do that, see, it's no longer unconditional then. Until you do that thing. See the difference? But even when you do that thing, God still loves you. (laughs) It doesn't mean keep doing that thing. It, it, it's in knowing that he still loves me in doing that thing. That'll make me stop wanting to do that thing. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.